Welcome into the Straight Up Sports Podcast. I am your host, Devin Albertson, and this week I'm going to preview what's going to happen in week four, talk about where I'm going to be at and all the stuff that I'll be covering and everything I'm going to be appearing at this week in regards to eight-man football. Also, I'll discuss a little bit of Knox County going to eight-man football and district assignments should be announced at the beginning of next week. I'll give my predictions for those and more on this week's episode of the week four preview of Missouri eight-man football after this short uh, commercial break. And welcome back here to Straight Up Sports. Uh, Devin Albertson here as this time uh, for what I'm going to do for this week. And first off, before I get into the games, I'm going to let you guys know everything that I'm kind of doing this week. Uh, it's a lot. I'll be actually reporting this week for KMA, Derek Martin, um, saw that I was going over to Ludlow, so he's going to ask me to do some reporting there. So I'll be taking stats while putting uh, some reports in there for KMA as well. I'll um, also be on their little post-game show, I believe, with a little recap of what happens between Mount St. and Southwest Livingston. So that should be a lot of fun um, doing that and kind of covering a team uh, for a radio station. should be a little bit more a different thing. Uh, so make sure you guys tune in to KMA on Friday night. If you are listening in the Northwest Missouri area, I'll be – Give us some updates from Mount State Livingston there. Um, also, I joined uh, two podcasts. I've been joining regularly now with Chris Roush with the KQ2 Sports Podcast with Anthony Crane as well. Uh, make sure you check out that podcast with Chris. And then I also joined uh, the Cliff Notes Podcast again this week, solo this week uh, with Clifton. As Make sure you check those out as well. It's kind of the things I'm on. And then also, if you're in the Cameron area, make sure you guys tune into KKWK Radio there for the pregame show they do every Friday. I'll be on there with Chris Ward uh, doing an interview that should be posted there uh, Friday as well. If you're listening to this and you're in the Cameron area, make sure you guys listen to that a little bit and um, see me on there. So kind of expanding our reaches here uh, for everything from my eight man football. It's a lot of fun and I really appreciate it. I am open to doing interviews and um, coming on and doing stuff like that for just about anybody. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. This Friday, I will be in Ludlow again for the second time in two weeks uh, to watch them play a top five team in the 275. This one is the two-time defending champs, Mount City Panthers, and we'll skip right into that right now. Uh, for week four, I'll just kind of go down the order of alphabetical by home team. That's kind of how I have it set up on my side. So first up, a game that I think is really interesting, and most people thought it would be a top ten, maybe a top five match going into the year, but with Albany and Worth County both kind of struggling to start the year a little bit. Albany with a tough schedule, Worth County with a tough opener. Uh, both teams unranked, but 11th and 12th in the last media poll, just on the outside of the top 10. Uh, Worth County at, at, at Albany. Seeing Worth County live than Albany on film the last two weeks through Albany TV, I just think Albany's a better team right now. Um, Ethan Mercer's good back. Trice Floyd quarterback is really solid. Uh, Hutchinson there, receiver and safety. I really like his game. Uh, I saw Truman Reynolds did get hurt towards the end of the Mount City game. I hope he's back this week for him because he's a very good player for them as well. They're big up front. They're physical. They're well coached. Um, I like Albany to win this game and pull off the, I guess, mini upset, but this should be a really good game there between them and Worth County. I'd be really intrigued to see how this um, kind of goes here over in Albany. But I think Albany does get that win. I think Albany is the best 0-2 team in the state, and they would beat a lot of the teams there. 0-2 losses to Stanbury and Mount City, and they're both competitive games. 
Um, so I'm really high in Albany still. Uh, then we go down south for a top 10 matchup. Number 10, Jasper at number 7, Archie. I've kind of went back and forth on this. I think Archie's just a little too explosive. Uh, I do like Jasper. I like what they're bringing a little bit. I think they're going to be competitive in this game. It's going to be a really good football game. Um, seeing Archie at the scrimmage versus Drexel, they definitely held their own versus Drexel. Um, very explosive offensively. Good scheme. I think they're well coached. They're a little more physical than I expected coming into um, eight man. I know there was some talk down there. Archie wasn't the most physical team in eleven man, but they've really set that up here in eight man. And I think it's really been a nice addition for them to come down. And Jasper, I watched them play last Saturday versus Rich Hill. I was really impressed with the way they uh, had a tough start to that game. The first two drives, I think they were going to run off the field a little bit, but after that, they were able to kind of kick it in the gear a little bit. And I'll tell you what, Jasper's a deep team. Um, they subbed in and out a lot, especially on the lines, and they didn't lose a whole lot going from player to player. So I was really intrigued by Jasper. They have two backs who run really hard, a really uh, big, tall, strong quarterback there for the Eagles. I like Jasper. I do think Archie wins this game in a close one. High scoring should be a lot of fun down there. Two of the top offenses in the state of Missouri going at it, but give me the roll wins to win that one and maybe keep climbing up the poles a little bit. Uh, the game on Saturday, St. Paul Lutheran at Concordia. Should be very interesting to see how these two uh, cross-street rivals kind of play each other a little bit this year. Uh, I'm going to take St. Paul Lutheran to win this game, but I think it's going to be a really good football game. Uh, Concordia likes to air it out a little bit. St. Paul a little more traditional, I think, with the running game. Uh, but I'm very intrigued by this game uh, for this week. And I just think St. Paul Lutheran gets that win. But I'll be there on Saturday. Um, I'll probably be there right at kickoff, maybe a little bit afterwards. Um, so we'll see how that game kind of goes, but I'm very intrigued to kind of see those teams for the first time and see how they look. Uh, Rich Hill at number six, Drexel. Uh, Rich Hill always gets up for Drexel. Should be a really fun game, really physical game down there. Um, I just think Drexel's a little better right now. Rich Hill kind of reeling after their first two losses in the year. Um, I think they're still a good team, but just when your season starts with losses to Jasper, Archie, and then maybe Drexel, uh, it's three losses to ranked teams. That's that's real tough to start the year um, for Rich Hill. But I think they're still a good football team. I think they're going to win a lot of games down the stretch. They do have to play Jasper again this year. Uh, so it's going to be tough for them. But Rich Hill, still a really fo good football team. They're just not very deep. Um, and once you get past um, McFrederick at quarterback and the two Bridgewater kids, I just don't know if they have the depth to beat some of the better teams in the state. The cab at East Atchison, give me EA in this one. They are down a couple of starters due to quarantine there, but they're going to be able to get on the field this week. And I just think even with some guys out, East Atchison's a little more talented. The cab uh, just going to struggle a bit this year. Uh, LeBlond at Keatsville. I think this is a very interesting game to kind of see how these two teams kind of match up a little bit. I do think LeBlond has a little more in the tank than Keatsville does. Uh, Keatsville, just a young program. It's going to take a while to build that program up to where they want it to be. And the first year just going to be a struggle in LeBlanc. They've looked improved this year. They gave um, North Andrew a little more, uh, quite a bit for them to handle, and they were decent last week versus Dolphin West. I think they're growing as a team. Some young guys last year are starting to develop a little more this year. But I think LeBlanc gets their first win of the year to Friday night versus Keithsville. Then we go to King City as they host number nine, Pattonsburg, and I really love this matchup. Much like last week with Pattonsburg, they're playing a team that's known as being we're going to run the ball, we're going to be physical up front, we're going to feed Parker Muff. You know it's coming at you, but can you stop it? 
Last week they struggled with the physicality of North Andrew. They kind of cowered a bit due to that physicality. Will they change that this week and be able to withstand that and give it back a little bit more, especially on defense? I'm not worried about Pattonsburg at all offensively, especially if they play on a dry field there versus King City. I think they're going to run wild against that set, their secondary. I think Pattonsburg is too explosive, especially with Brett Emig coming back here. They're going to score a lot of points with Emig, Jones, and Langfitt. They're at receivers with Zane Reed at quarterback. They're just, they're just too fast and too their scheme is too good for them not to put a bunch of points up. It's just can they get enough stops versus King City? I think they do this week. I'm taking Pattonsburg, but I think King City is just a weird matchup. Like most of the teams in GRC for Pattonsburg this year, uh, just being a physical, tough-nosed team is going to be able to stick around a little bit with them. I think Pattonsburg does get the win, though. Uh, Santa Fe at Norburn Harden Central. Give me the Aggies in this one. Um, Santa Fe going to be off last two weeks due to coronavirus concerns. They're back on the field this week. Their only game they played this year was against uh, North Shelby. They got blown out in that one. Uh, the Aggies got blown out last week by North Shelby. They were in that game for a while, though, so a little more competitive than people kind of thought they were going into that game. So I think the Aggies, well coached. I think they're going to be very good this this week. I think they're going to get back on their winning ways a little bit after a two-game losing streak uh, to Oric and North Shelby, and then they get back on the winning streak this week versus Santa Fe. They play Bramer, then Liberal. So you see North, North Harden Central maybe pick up some wins this next couple of weeks and maybe improve their standing in eight-man. Up next, Skyler County at number two, North Shelby. I don't think this is going to be particularly close. I think just North Shelby is too good for them. Um, so not much to talk about in that game. I think North Shelby does get the win there. Uh, Bramer at Orc. And that game, I believe, is on Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock, too. I thought about going to that game, but I'd already committed to go to Concordia to watch those two teams play. So maybe next time. I do like these Saturday games, though, because I'm getting to see a lot of eight-man games um, over the weeks. I think after this week, I'll watch seven games in four weeks. So that's awesome. If anyone wants to move their game to Saturday night, I am more than welcome to go to Concordia uh, for a day game and go somewhere else for a night game. I am all up for that. Um, but I just think Warwick will get the win there over uh, Bramer in that one. Uh, but Bramer, Parker shoots a good player. So I don't know if he can overcome what Blake Buchanan has there for Oric and also Ethan Wilson back. Uh, for them has really helped their offense explode last week. I think he's going to be a huge help to get the defense of someone other to worry about other than um, Buchanan there in Stevenson. I believe also doing a good job there for Oric. Um, next up, number four, Stanbury at Osceola. This is not going to be much of a game, I don't think. I think Stanbury way too talented and good there for Osceola, and Osceola is just going to struggle a bit. Tough start of the year for Osceola. They got Jasper week two. After week one, they're supposed to play Albany. Week two, they played Jasper. Week three, they played Archie. Now they got Stanberry. Just a tough start of the year to Osceola, and they're a bit down this this year in talent-wise. They got Drexel next week. Um, so it's just going to be a tough start of the year for Osceola uh, going there. And then we go back up north for South Holt. Now we hold number eight team in the state against Platte Valley over in Barnard. Which team's going to show up for both these sides? It's Platte Valley is the team that beat Rockport and was playing well in the first half versus Northwest Nottoway and kind of continued with Mound City, or – the team that showed up in the second half against uh, Northwest Nottoway and lost. I don't know which one's going to show up. For South Holt same thing. Is it going to be a team that showed up to Worth County and uh, just kicked ass, or is it going to be a team that played Southwest Livingston and just fell flat? I'm curious to see which one it is. I think it's going to be the first version. I think the Spartans win this one fairly convincingly. Um, so give me the Spartans over Platte Valley and get their first conference win of the year here in week four. The last week, uh, their game was canceled due to EA's coronavirus. Uh, test. 
Then we go Stanley 275, go over to Rockport as they host Northwest Nottaway. Um, I think Rockport wins this game. I think Northwest Nottaway is able to play with them a little bit. I think Northwest Nottaway is starting to get their feet underneath them a little bit and buy into what Coach Calfee's preaching over there. So I think Rockport wins this game. I think it's going to be relatively close and a well-played football game over there in Rockport. North Andrew, number four team in the state, at Stewartsville Osborne. Uh, give me the Cardinals of North Andrew over the wild cards. Uh, just there's gonna be too much there for Stewart's Blackburn to handle in that one. And then finally, the big game we got to 12 13 minute mark in this podcast, and I'm finally getting to it. Number one, Mound City at number three, Southwest Livingston. I've had a couple conversations this week, and uh, I know one conversation I had was who's the best player in Amen right now? Who is it? And I've heard uh, Landon Papa from Mound City, Drew Quinling gets a lot of love from the coaches that are here up north. Um, Parker Muff's a good player. Carson Thomas from North Andrew. But then also Wes Hughes and Chase Neptune get a lot of love from Southwest Livingston. So there's a lot of guys that can contend here. As of right now, this year, I'd probably uh, side with Landon Papa as the best player in eight-man football right now after watching their game versus Albany and just watching what he means to that team in this year. Uh, he doesn't have TJ Hopkins or Dylan George to hand the ball off to this year. He is the guy – Tony Osborne's under center. He's at running back and middle linebacker, and he's flying around the field. I'll tell you one thing. Landon Papa, he is a good tackler. He flies around the field. He's sure tackler. You're not going to get out of his hands uh, once he gets a hold of you a little bit there. So I say right now Landon's the best player in eight man, but we'll see. It's still early in the year, only three weeks in. Uh, someone else could come up there and make the discussion there. Um, other guys that I kind of want to mention with that is a couple guys from Archie are pretty talented. Tucker Wolf, uh, Dylan Sutton. Uh, Yana get receivers pretty good for them. For Drexel, Jacob Coffey is one of the better running backs in the state. I don't want to miss anybody here on this uh, short list. We go to oh, Zane Reed from Pattonsburg and get a lot of love, but also uh, Cameron Jones from Pattonsburg is their best player, so he's got to be up there as well. Um, I say Andrew Alarcon is one of the better players in the state as well there for Worth County. Um that's kind of where I'm at right now with that list. Um, there's other guys who are also really talented, but I don't know if they're up for the best player in the state kind of deal. So I'm very intrigued by all this and see how everybody kind of goes with this one. I hate doing this. I had to pick a game for this one. I am one in three in the game of the week's picks um, through the five games I went to. And if you really want to boil it down, I thought Rich Hill would beat Jasper, so I'm really one in four uh, through the five games I've been to. Uh, so take this with a grain of salt. I probably just gave him a kiss of death. But here it is. I'm taking Mount State to win this game. I just I can't go against the two-time defending state champions. I know they lost two games regular season last year, but they're just so good. They're well coached. You can tell on defense. Their assignment sound. They're not the biggest team. I think Livingston will probably be, be the bigger team on the field tomorrow. Um, you're listening to this on if you're listening on Friday than tonight. I think Livingston's bigger. I think they're just as fast. I just think Mount City has something about them that they're just tough to beat. They're so assignment sound. They're good football players um, as well as good athletes. They're just not the biggest team. And I just think there's something about Mount City this year. I think they're going to be tough to beat. I have them one in my rankings for a reason. Um, and until someone knocks them off, they're going to stay number one. This might be the week. Um, so maybe Livingston will make me eat my words again for the third time in four weeks. I did pick them last week versus DeKalb, so – uh, there's that, but let's see with Livingston this week. I do give Livingston a fighting chance in this one. I think it's going to be a very good football game, and if anybody's going to beat Mount Saint the regular season, it's Livingston's got the best chance. 
I know Southfield Nolly Hole has a big rival with them, and there's definitely no love lost uh, there between those two programs. And week seven could be just a weird, weird football game that I can't wait to go to. But this week is the – if Mount is going to lose a regular season game, I think it's this week. But I'm going to pick him to beat Livingston. It's just it's going to be so tough for Livingston to beat Mount City, especially when Mount City kind of knows and they're kind of up for this game a little bit. Um, there's no other distractions for Mount City going to this game this year. And for the record, I hope I'm kind of wrong with this. I like Livingston. I think they're a really good team watching them play a couple times this year. I like the way they play and the way how hard they play for Coach Magruder over there. I just think Mount City is a better team right now, just slightly. And maybe I'm wrong. It's always it's always a possibility. So we'll kind of see there. Uh, but I'm very excited for this game. It's probably my favorite game of the year so far on the schedule. Um, and we'll kind of see how that kind of goes from here. So I'm going to take a quick break, get a drink of water. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about the possibility of um, districts and how they'll be assigned starting next week. I believe this came out next Wednesday at the latest. Um so I'm going to give my predictions of where the districts will kind of map themselves out at, and uh, we'll do that when I come back. And welcome back as we get ready to the district um, assignment preview here. Before we get started with that, though, while I was recording this podcast late Wednesday night, I did see that Liberal has picked up a game at Pleasanton Hope. Pleasant Hope. Um, so I had not heard it's going to be an eight-man or eleven-man game yet. We'll kind of have to see there, but Liberal. Has picked up a game for Friday, so we'll see how they kind of do there. I know nothing about uh, PH there at Liberals playing, so I have no prediction for that game whatsoever. Uh, just kind of an update that they are playing somebody this Friday, so good for them, good for the kids to get some action in there. Okay, so what I have here for the district assignments here, Things kind of get out of whack here because there's supposed to be 34 teams with Chillahowie not playing this year. They really kind of threw a wrench into things. So I, so I really thought District 1 was going to be the easiest one. Or I don't know how they're going to number them this year, but the first district we're going to talk about would be down south. This is going to be very easy. It was going to be Appleton City, Archie, Drexel, Jasper, Rich Hill, OCO, Liberal, and Chillahowie. But with Chillahowie dropping their football program for this year for not enough kids out, that leaves seven schools and that little bunch down there in the southern part of Missouri, south of KC, kind of together. And with that being the case, since they're going to do, I, I would think they would do three of eight and one of nine for the districts, which means they need to send somebody south. The two most likely would either be Northwest Hughesville with Sacred Heart or Oric, in my opinion. Those are the two most likely team. Maybe they do a thing where they send both Concordia and St. Paul Lutheran South. I don't know. They did split those teams up last year in the 11-man districts, so I don't know. I would assume they would keep those two schools together. It's kind of hard to tell. My initial guess is they move Hughesville South uh, to fill Chillahowie's spot down there and to make that district um, an 18 district. So we'll kind of see with that, but – I'm pretty confident the seven teams are going to be together. It's just who's that eighth team they're going to bring down, or do they bring down two teams and make two teams travel more? We'll have to just kind of find out. Uh, District 2, I'll just go farther north. I think Skyler, North Shelby, Keatsville, Concordia, St. Paul Lutheran, Santa Fe, Norbert Harden Central, and Oric. I believe those will be the teams in that one. So that should be an eight-team district. One, two, three, four, 
four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, so that's going to be the eight-team district as well. Um, so I think that's what's going to happen in that one. Um, I could see if they move – say they move both Concordia and St. Paul south, I could see them putting Livingston and Bramer, moving them over. Um, no? I don't know. Maybe move Bramer down there as well. So we'll kind of, kind of see what goes on with that district. But I think they're just going to move Hughesville south, and that would just leave those other eight with Oric, Norbert Harden Central, Santa Fe, Concordia, St. Paul, Keatsville, Schuyler, and North Shelby. And then they're going to do one of two things with the uh, teams that remain up north. I think there's going to be 17 teams to go for two districts up north. If they split it north and south, um, the districts that I think would then be Rockport, East Atchison, Mound City, Platte Valley, Northwest Nottoway, Stanbury, Worth County, and Albany. Which, by the way, that would be one heck of a district with Albany, Stanbury, and Mound City all together with Worth County being the fourth wheel with East Atchison, maybe the fifth wheel. That is a stacked district. Uh, but either way, you go up north, it's going to be pretty stacked. With the southern district would then be South Holt, Nottoway Holt, North Andrew, DeKalb, LeBlond, King City, Stewartsville, Osborne, Pattonsburg, Southwest Livingston, and Bramer. That would still be a very good district with Pattonsburg, Livingston, North Andrew, South Holt, Nottoway Holt all in the same district. It would be a very good district with King City being uh, one of the distant teams there. would still be a very good district as well. If they split it east and west, I believe the west district would be DeKalb, LeBlond, North Andrew, Platte Valley, Rockport, East Atchison, Mound City, South Holt, Nottoway Holt, um, with the other district being Northwest Nottoway, Worth County, Stanbury, Albany, King City, Pattonsburg, Stewartsville, Bramer, and Southwest Livingston, with a possibility of maybe Northwest Nottoway being slid over to the west, or maybe Stewartsville slid over to the west. So it kind of depends on which way they want to cut it a little bit. Um, so I'm very intrigued. I'm probably going to go with I'm probably going to go with the east-west scenario. Would be my guess for it with Northwest Nottoway getting pushed east. So it'd be Northwest, Platte Valley, North Andrew, DeKalb, LeBlanc, South Holt, Nottoway Holt, Mound City, Rockport, East Ashton. I think that'll be the district this year. I mean, they split east and west, and leave. Worth County, Stanbury, Albany, Pattonsburg, Livingston, Bramer, Stewartsville, Osborne, and King City in the same districts, which would lead to some really interesting uh, district matchups here. You could possibly see in the second round a possible Mounds, possible um, Mound City EA game in the second round. Uh, South Holt, Nolly Holt, North Andrew could be a really good second round game. Um, also in the other district, you could see Stanbury, Albany, Pattonsburg, and Livingston is a top four seed with Worth County as a five seed. That's a very good district as well. Um, so we'll kind of see four or five teams are going to be really good um, in those districts. So I'm really intrigued to see how that kind of works out. I'd probably go east-west, but I would not be surprised to do north-south there, um, with District 2 being the one with the most ground covered because of Skyler and North Shelby being so far east. Um, I know some people have floated an idea they were just going to leave Skyler and North Shelby and push them north and put Livingston and Bramer with those teams kind of in a pod there in the middle. So in that scenario, you would have Keatsville, Concordia, St. Paul Lutheran, Santa Fe, Oric, Norburn Harden Central, 
with Bramer and Livingston to create your eight-team district there in a little pouch in the middle of the state. And then you would send Skyler and North Shelby um, north. And I believe in that situation, I'm trying to think how they would do that. It would probably be Rockport, EA, Northwest Nally, Worth County, Skyler, North Shelby, with probably Albany and Pattonsburg of some sort, maybe Stanbury in there as well to form a 19 district. And then you would leave Mound City, Platte Valley, King City, Stewartsville, all those teams other in the kind of a district there in the northwest part of the state. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. I would prefer them leaving North Shelby and Schuyler County in District 2 and just leaving the northwest Missouri kind of alone by itself in those 17 teams up there. you got to be bunched into two districts. We'll see. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Um and maybe they push Bramber South, just put Livingston North, so it's just 16 teams up there, and they make one big nine-district team there in the middle. I'm not sure. Misha has a lot to work with here uh, geographically. Uh, but I know next year with Knox County coming down, we'll talk about that real quick. That will add a team over in the eastern part, so they'll probably be in the same district next year as Skyler and North Shelby. Um, I like that Knox County went, south, went to eight-man. I heard a bunch of stuff today, whether it was talking to Anthony Crane or Chris Dewar over – at um, KHQA over there in um, the eastern part of the state. A lot of interesting things are going to happen, I believe, in 8-Man over the next couple of years. Um, as you've already seen the growth um, skyrocket the last couple of years, I know back in 2018, they had 23 teams in 8-Man. So 23 teams in 2018, 2017, 27. Then this year we got 34, with, of course, 33 with, or with Chillahowie kind of being the Dropping football because of no uh, not enough kids, but I still count as 34. Next year, we're looking at 35 uh, for right now. And I like that Scott Knox County went down there. First of all, uh, Coach Bass has a trip within an hour now for road trip. Um, and you might see the old, I think it was a Tri-Rivers Conference, reform in the eight-man um, ranks. That'd be really good for them, I think. I've heard from teams over there, I've heard Paris has – thought about it not sure if they're going to go down or not but i think if paris goes down i could see salisbury and scotland county also going with them so that would be three teams there you could form a little six team um because you could have skyler keatsville north shelby knox with those three you'd have seven teams in a conference that'd be a nice little conference for them everyone would be closer together than what north shelby's had to deal with in the past in the crc um other teams i've I don't know if I've either heard the last four or five years have either went to eight man and went back up or have flirted with the idea of going to eight man. Um, I know Slater thought about it, decided to say 11 man. Uh, Sweet Springs almost went last year. Uh, they decided to say eight man. Uh, Maysville, I know they in the past they've talked about it. I'm not sure if they're going to go or not, but I know they've talked about it and discussed it in the past due to low numbers over there. A couple of teams who have dropped, went up to 11 man after being eight man for a while. Uh, first of all, Greenfield had a pretty good run in eight man. They went back to eleven man. I think their numbers are up over there, but I'm always kind of curious to see if they kind of come down after some of these other teams in the south. Um, the Wheel pretty much have wins to eight man, and some a couple of schools down there maybe are thinking about it with like a Lockwood or something like that. If uh, some of those schools think about dropping the eight man, they could return. And then a team that I thought that should have never left eight man, Saint Christian. What a disaster that move has been to go to 11-man. Just an absolute abject disaster. 
I mean, I don't know how they can even justify that move right now after the last couple of years has been as bad as it has. Let me see if I can find them on here. There we are. St. George Christian. It just has not been a good move for them. I know they co-op with uh, Northland Christian, which also is a weird co-op. St. George Christian is down in St. Joe. Northland Christian's near where I live here in North KC. I mean, that's just not, that's just not feasible, in my opinion, for them to be traveling like that. Um, see, last year was their first year in 11, man. They went 0-8. and I mean, they played Putnam County, lost by 21, got beat East Buck 43-7, lost to Lighthouse Senior High 76-6, lost to St. Pius 48-7, lost to Christian Prep Academy 47-0, lost to St. Mary's Academy 30-6, lost to Cameron 55-0, and they played Maryville in the first round of districts and lost 62-0. That, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it's a good co-op for them right now in a good situation than being 11-man. Maybe I'm wrong, just viewing it wrong from the outside. They're 0-3 this year. Uh, lost to Maysville, 66-14. It says on Michigan they beat Plattsburgh, but they, did not, they lost to Plattsburgh, 51-6. And they lost to Western, 56-6. They got Scotland County this week. They also have Northeast KC on the schedule later this year. Marceline, St. Mary's Academy, and Windsor on the schedule right now. I just don't know if this 11-man thing has been a good situation for St. Joe Christian. And I would not be surprised. I think I would advise them to go back to eight-man because they were one of the top dogs in eight-man. They were one of the teams, the few teams who were able to contend with the Mound City, Stanbury, North Andrew, Worth County for years. It actually made some state championship game runs and were really good and were a really tough program to beat here in eight-man. They went to 11-man. That's just been an abject disaster. It just has been. They, they're just not competitive in 11-man. The co-op's not working. I just... I would advise them to come down. I think we get the 40 teams here in eight-man uh, fairly quickly and probably double the rank number of teams in eight-man in just a couple of years. I think the stigma around eight-man has dissipated a little bit here. You heard it from Knox County a little bit when they said they were going to drop down. was like, hey, we don't want to be the last team in our area to drop down. We want to make sure that we're dropping down whenever we kind of have the choice to and not when we have to kind of deal, and they were getting on the bridge of having to. Um, so next year is going to be their first year in eight-man. We're going to welcome them with open arms. First of all, Knox County has an excellent helmet. Um, and I don't know about some of these other schools if they're going to decide to drop down or not. Um, I would think that they would be more competitive. They don't have to bring many kids out, low population in schools. It would just make sense. So we'll kind of see kind of going forward um, how these teams kind of do. I know Scotland County, they're 0-3 right now, um, and 11-man as well. And from what I've kind of gathered from over there if one or two more teams in their conference goes down i think they're going to follow just because they want to have uh stay with some teams over there and if that's the way it is and that's the way it is and you can have a team a conference over there with either i don't know if it'd be the tri-rivers or they'll just stay as lewis and clark and just kind of do what the grc does and does a grc 11 and a grc eight-man conference <clears throat> for football i don't know i know skylar faced a little bit of pushback after they dropped the eight-man this, for this year uh whether they're gonna be able to stay in lewis and clark Lewis and yeah, Lewis and Clarkson uh, conference because it's a threat in their byline somewhere you get to be a member for so many sports, including 11 man football, which 
here's a hint, guys. If it's written in the bylaws, it can be amended in the bylaws. So just something to keep track of there for that. But I'm very excited for this week. I'm very excited for how 8-Man has expanded throughout the state because I think it gives the kids an opportunity to play a game they love. And as Dr. County said, they had freshmen playing out of position trying to go up against seniors, and it just doesn't work. So <clears throat> we'll see how it goes this year. I know Knox County trying to see. They're winning three this year with losses to Sweet Springs, 40 to 8, Western, 36 to 22, and Marceline. Uh, 43 to 8. So they got Paris, Harrisburg, Salisbury, Scotland, um, and Fayette kind of coming up this year. So we'll see how those games kind of go for Knox County in the last year in 8-man. Um, yeah, that's the expansion going 8-man a little bit. I kind of talked about what the district assignments could be. Um, it's very confusing with the 34, 33 teams now, where they're going to fit everybody at geographically. That makes sense. There's no way to make it even um, for talent-wise, just – there's no way Bishop is going to do that. Um, I know I argued for years when eight man was just 23, 24 teams. Why can't we just rank them one to 24 and just go with it? But no one ever liked that idea enough for the mission department, I guess. And now it's just too difficult with so many teams. Um, you can't be that flexible anymore, especially with this year with COVID. You just can't have that much uh, long distance travel, I don't think, um, throughout the state. But we'll have to just kind of play it by ears and see how everything goes. Uh, but I'm very excited for this week. A couple of games on Saturday. I will be in Ludlow. I'll be tweeting out updates. I'm going to try to keep the scoreboard update as much as possible, but I'll be pretty busy this week doing stuff for KMA as well. So that might be a little behind. Uh, so just bear with me on that one. I'll try to get an update as quickly as I can kind of deal. That's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, thank you, everybody who listens to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Share it. Kind of longer this week, but a lot to talk about. So it's always a good thing. Hey, we've made it to week four so far. We've made it to week four. I know hopefully by the time you listen to this, all the games that I've talked about are still going on. If not, follow my eight man football. We'll have the updates uh, for the updated schedule there. Um, that's all I got for you guys. So you guys have a good uh, week four. Stay healthy, everybody, on and off the field. And I'll talk to you guys Friday night on the Facebook Live there from my eight man football on Facebook. Thanks, guys. <laughs>